So Money episode 81, Bernardo Mendez. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey everyone, welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks for joining me. You know, whether you're single or you're in a relationship, living in a flashy metropolis or a quiet suburb, you've probably experienced how difficult it is to find your second half, your better half these days, right? I mean, who has the time to date? Who has even the time to date your husband or your wife? Life is busy. A true personal story, when I first started dating my husband-to-be, I thought for sure he was going to give me the boot because I was chronically overscheduled and overbooked, and I don't think I was giving him enough. But thankfully, he uh, he stuck by, and now we have a beautiful son. We're married, so it can happen. But time is a real challenge when it comes to finding the love of your life. And then once you do, you know, managing the money in that relationship, talking about money, it can be awkward. So we have some help today. Today's guest is a relationship expert who coaches his clients on how to make time and work through various challenges associated with dating specifically. He is the founder of YourGreatLifeTV.com and the creator of a program called Three Bulletproof Habits to Get the Man you want. He's also the man who had the amazing fortune of being invited to participate as a volunteer staff member in many of Tony Robbins' seminars for five years, which he says helped him find his true calling. His name is Bernardo Mendez, or Bern for short. Three takeaways from our interview, how one wealthy man helped him realize his dreams of finishing college. Burns' top wealth-building financial philosophy and his niche focus that's helped his business soar. Here is Bern Mendez. Bernardo Mendez, thank you so much for joining me on So Money, my friend. Thank you so much for inviting me, Farnoosh. I'm so uh, excited to be here this morning. Well, I have been wanting to speak with you for some time. I've actually used your expertise in a number of my love and money columns for money.com and money magazine. And uh, you are a, a love guru. How do you become a love guru? <laughs> well, thanks. I don't consider myself a love guru. I think I, I've just been someone who, who loves the insights uh, of relationships and someone who really studies what human beings do and why. So, I mean, like to, to really become... I wouldn't say guru, but to become knowledgeable in and in, uh, in this area, it just requires for you to be really curious about your own life. Because I think from from your own mistakes and your own pains, I think you can get a lot of hunger to find out answers that might serve other people, not just you. Mm-hmm. Your focus is helping women find their true love. Yes. <laughs> what what does it take? What does that take the, these days? I would imagine you know the sort of guidance that you provide today would be different, maybe than. And 20, 30 years ago, or maybe not. What what what's your specific approach? I think that there's some similarities between the way I would do this, like a few years ago. The, the biggest difference I'd say for me right now is that a lot of women, uh, and as you probably know, I mean, have become so uh, good at so many things, including managing money, including uh, creating successful career. And one of the things that's missing today that probably was not as missing a few years ago is the the, the polarity between men and women, that feminine versus masculine energy being mm-hmm. 
strong, strongly different so that both human beings feel incredibly excited. So in my work, really the, my approach is helping women uh, become the most alive and happy versions of themselves mm-hmm. and then allow them to slowly and comfortably connect to the feminine energy so that they can attract a guy who's the kind of guy they want, a guy who's probably strong and masculine and somebody who, who knows what he wants but also has heart. This is so interesting because, as you know, I wrote a book last year called When She Makes More about female breadwinners. Yeah, and thank you. And one of the complexities, I think, and you said it, I think you articulated it perfectly, is sort of women have a hard time stepping into their femininity these days with so much emphasis on work and career and being independent and uh, this idea that I'm going to flirt. I'm going to be sexy. I'm going to <laughs> let him open the door for me. It, for some women, it's almost like we're stepping back in time. What would you say to someone who had that kind of oppos- uh, you know, opposing view? Well, the first thing I'd say is that it's completely understandable. I know why that happened. I mean, the way I like to look at things is there's th- like different stages, right? If I look at my grandma's stage, uh, she, her job was basically to do what grandpa wanted, basically. So her, she was really weak in that she couldn't do anything on her own. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was that's one level of, of, of strength in a woman. Second level of strength is someone who can do it absolutely anything she wants on her own, which is a lot better than the first stage. But then there's a third stage where... You can do anything you want, but you no longer have to prove it to the world. So you can actually relax into yourself and allow someone to do it for you, not because you can't, but because it's cool for somebody to actually be nice to you and, and you be vulnerable to receive it. Right. So I think I'd say that it's, it requires even more strength to fall back into vulnerability than it does to just always have to be the one who's strong. Isn't that ironic? It requires strength to be vulnerable. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to unleash this interview with you and talk money. And I know that with your work and your experience helping couples and women step into their true identities and be comfortable, part of that involves, I think, having an identity with their financial life, right? And having a a relationship with their money that's healthy. So the yes. first question actually is just about you, Bern. I mean, this is really the show is for to put a spotlight on my guests to have sure. them kind of share their financial stories, their insights. What is your financial philosophy that helps to nurture perhaps your relationship with money and c- keeps your wealth building? That's a great question, Farnoosh. I think my my philosophy on money it's pretty simple. I think. Uh, and I learned this, uh, not necessarily the easy way, but I learned that uh, the more you can help solve someone's pain and the more you can articulate to other human beings how you can solve their pain, the wealthier you become. So it's really about, I mean, no one's purchasing coaching. No one's purchasing a car. They're purchasing an experience. They're purchasing an emotion. They're, they're purchasing the benefits. So if you are someone who has the capacity to help end pain and that aligns with your highest purpose, I think that's the number one key that I found in, as you, as you, I mean, I used to interview a lot of people. So anyone who I've found has made a tremendous amount of money, but it's not just rich, but also wealthy, mm-hmm. uh, has found a way to align their purpose with solving, uh, solving pain for other people. To be the ultimate giver. Yeah, it's a giving, but not when you're giving something that excites you and fuels you up in the morning. It doesn't feel like you're giving; it just feels like you're receiving. Right, so right, weird, right. I love that. And has that proven true in your own life? Yes, uh, I, I know that for the longest time, I wanted to set out to do a business where I could benefit from doing what I really love, and I wasn't doing that because I was 
honestly, I was scared and I was comfortable. I mean, once you, and you probably know, I mean, because you're a financial expert, I mean, once you get accustomed to a certain level of lifestyle and you have a job that pays you really well, it's hard to let go of that because it's so comfortable to get a paycheck every two weeks and not have to like do a lot outside of the norm to get it. But, but to get what you really want sometimes require for you to, to take that risk. So for me, that was a, a big wake up call saying, Hey, I'm, I'm living really well. I mean, have an awesome house and cool cars and the whole thing, but I'm not super excited with what I'm doing. So can I take that risk? And the answer for me was yes. Cause I, I couldn't, I couldn't continue doing what I was doing without giving my, my gift, you know? What, where were you when you had that aha moment? What happened? What was the transition like? The transition was really uh, one, of, one of the most beautiful and mo- most painful moments in my life. That's when my father was about to die, like two weeks before he died. I knew this was coming and I had an insight. I listened to an interview um, one night and something sparked inside of me where I said, I can no longer stop doing what I'm meant to be doing. And I went to him the next morning and I said, dad, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a website. I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to buy uh, like a video camera and do all these things. And he was so excited that, mm. uh, that I just made a commitment that I would start doing this. And uh, he died two weeks later. And my first blog post video came two weeks after his death. But since then, I've never stopped because I, I keep to this promise that I made to him that I, that I was going to do something that I was really excited about. <laughs> That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. You're, you're, the, the site is now... Well, yourgreatlifetv.com is where you're hosting your videos. And congratulations, you just surpassed a million downloads. Yes, thank you. It was, it was an exciting moment. You know, I mean, like compared to cats and lasers, it's nothing. But for me, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh gosh, don't even get me started on cats and lasers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, um, that's really good to know. And what were you doing before you transitioned into uh, helping people with their relationships. Well, I mean, helping people in their relationships, something I've always done since I was 17. It's something I just did without charging for it, but I've, I was always interested in doing that. I was, and I've always been doing interventions, but what I was doing for, uh, to make a living, I was working at a startup here in Austin uh, with a couple of friends. I mean, these guys started this company, not this one, the previous company with $750 and turned into a $1 billion company. And then they decided to start a few other companies and they asked me to join. So, I mean, I was, it was really exciting. It was fun. But it wasn't really my thing mm-hmm. as, as this one is, you know, uh, it was, we were doing financial services for the underserved, uh, doing prepaid debit cards and mobile payments in different countries. And that's lucrative. That is lucrative. Yeah. <laughs> well, take us down memory lane burn and t- describe a, a financial moment in your life that was really pivotal that you look back upon with uh, a sense of, you know, that's when my mindset about money really shaped. And it may have been when you were a kid, it could have been more recent, but it was a pivotal financial moment for you. It was, I, I remember exactly what that is. <laughs> was when I was in college and uh, my dad was someone who had always been his own boss, as I remember, and he was doing relatively well. I mean, he, we came to the States, he bought a house for us to go to university. It was a beautiful house, you know, overlooking the lake and, and he was in Mexico. So we were pretty much like, you know, like little princes and like my brothers and I were like, and uh, his business went almost under uh, one year. And, and basically I had a choice. I could go back to Mexico. That, that's where, where I'm from to work for six months or do something and then come back or stay here. And I decided to stay here and I worked uh, at a friend's restaurant for six months. Uh, so I, could, I couldn't go to university. It was a private university, so I couldn't go to that for six months. And I worked at a friend's restaurant 
uh, doing deliveries. I mean, because that's basically the job he had. I was doing deliveries and I was, uh, so I was here, it was me arriving in this really cool car and then doing deliveries and mopping <laughs> the floor and waiting tables. And that was such a moment for me where I said, you know what, I will never do, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's not for me. I will never do this again. Like there's nothing that will stop me from from getting what I want. So when I went back to college, instead of just doing okay, I got straight A's. I went to the honors program. I started like, I had this immense drive to make things happen from that moment. So I think it was painful, but it was incredibly powerful for me. And probably one of the first times where you had to be self uh, sufficient, right? You had to yeah. provide for yourself. Yeah, because my, my dad could, I mean, he, he couldn't afford university after that. So it was up to me to get a co-signer for, because I've only been in the States for maybe a couple of years. So I, I didn't have any credits. He would give me loans. Right. So I go to a friend basically who's rich and I'm like, pretty wealthy. And I asked him to be my co-signer. He said, no. It's like, wow. <laughs> so I, I, I have to figure out some That's other That's why he's rich, by the way, because he doesn't yeah. co-sign loans. But you know what? I found somebody else who, who, who was also really wealthy and he, he looked at me and said, I believe in you. So I'll, I'll do it to this day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what would have happened had he said no, you know? So, uh, he helped me out by being a co-signer. I paid off the loan now, uh, but, uh, but it was a great moment for me because I, I was able to afford university, I mean, uh, and finish my, my last semesters. That's a wonderful story because, you know, as you said, you were kind of living this prince, yes. prince life. And and <laughs> some some young adults at that age, uh, given the choice of going back and being supported versus having to stand on their own two feet, they would have gone back. You know what? And, and, and what, what I did is because I, I saw the pain that my father went through. And I also said, you know what, I need to help out. So instead of just, I, I fired the, the lady that was basically cleaning the pool and I started cleaning the pool. I fired the guy who was doing the yard and I started doing the yard. So I started doing all the things that I was taking for granted before. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I just got really hungry to, <laughs> to the world. That would, and you know what, no doubt that shaped the rest of your financial trajectory. Well, and along the way, there might have been some bumps in the road. So this transitions sure. us to another question that I have, which is, what would you say is your biggest financial failure, Burn? Biggest financial failure? Uh, I'm not sure if it's the biggest, but it's a pretty big one for me. It's like the, my first launch. I'd say the first, when I quit my job and I basically wanted to start my business, I wasn't exactly sure the direction that I wanted to take it on in terms of how I would help people. Because I've been helping people who, for example, were depressed. I've been doing pe- uh, helping people who have, I don't know, eating disorders, people in, in love and relationships. I didn't know exactly where I wanted to take it. So I created something that was pretty universal as an offering for business. And it was such a, it was, it's a cool offering, but it wasn't specific enough. So I was, here's, here's me like launching this thing. I had affiliates line up. It took me like six weeks to create this really cool product. That was a hundred dollars, by the way. It's like a no, like it's a super cheap product, hundred dollars. And I, I thought I was going to sell like 50 or 60 of these and I sold five. So that was a wake up moment for me. <laughs> Well, what you th- you blame not being niche enough or specific enough? Not being niche enough and doing something that I thought would bring in money fast, which is something I was really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Both, I think. And so uh, the lessons learned, you applied them to your next launch, hopefully. Oh, for sure. More yeah, successful. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, my, my thing was, uh, what, what am I most passionate about? And I basically went into relationships and who can I help? And even my next launch was geared towards helping single and married women. And I found very quickly that single women had a lot more hunger and a lot more willingness to do something that women who were married and wanted something better, but not 
uh, I mean, we're not in as much pain as not having someone. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be work with single women who are interested in creating the most powerful relationship of their lives. And from that moment forward, my business has been really going well. All right. Let's flip it now, Burn. Let's talk about happy times, good times. Sure. When, uh, when, when, what would you say is your so money moment, a time when you really achieved financial greatness because of your fortitude, your hard work, and it paid off? Uh, I would say when I, it was, I mean, I launched this offering. It was the first successful offering that I launched. And I think the moment was when I got a call from PayPal because they were freaking out that they, were, they thought there was like some fraud going on on my thing. <laughs> that was a great moment. I was pissed that they, would, they were calling me and that they had to wait a couple of days and have this extra approval process. But I said, this is a great problem to have. I mean, these guys are worried that I'm making too much money versus what I was making before. So I, I was excited, you know. <laughs> and what was that launch? Tell us what it involved and, and why you think it was so successful. Uh, that was uh, the first launch that I have for uh, coaching, one-on-one coaching for single women. Uh, I, and to, to be, I mean, what happened is I, I think what made it successful was that I was, I, I got to a moment where I was completely fearless of selling. That's like one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my life is that if you know how to sell, you will never be hungry, you know? And so I connected with this guy who showed me a way of selling with heart, like not being afraid to sell. And it was the first time where I offered this and I would, I have the the integrity to tell women, you know what, we're not a good fit to work together. And because I could do that, women who were a fit for the for the program, but were kind of like scared, I was able to very congruently connect with them without sounding like a car salesman because I really wanted the results for them more than I wanted the their money. And that that was a big shift for me in the way I do things now. I mean, selling with heart is like probably like the biggest lesson I've learned in terms of making money. And I think that's why online marketing gets such a bad rap because there are a lot of people that are just shilling, right? They just want to, they just want to get the deal. They're not interested in who's buying it uh, or, or they don't have the potential buyer's uh, interest at stake. And so your approach was very unique. And uh, some people would think that's no way to make money. You got to just sell, 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 bottom line, bottom exactly. line. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, yeah, there's other ways. I mean, and, and of course, I mean, there's something to be said about leveraging yourself, uh, but I find right now that the way I do things when I connect with, I mean, people who work with me, I have to talk to them before. I, I mean, I don't just accept someone to work with me. We haven't spoken before because I want to make sure that it's the right fit for them. And for me as well, part of the reason why I'm doing this is because I really love what I do. And if I want to work with someone that I'm not excited about, then it's like having a job for me. So I, I, I don't want to do that. So I think wealth for me is a more holistic concept that includes not just the money that you get, but the, the fulfillment and the excitement that you get when, when you make the money, if that's not there, then I think eventually you'll burn out and the other part will start coming down as well. Mm. How do you scale your services? Because it sounds like what, so much of what you do is dependent on the connection, right? The, the ability to work, at least have it feel like it's very one-on-one, uh, like burn is there with me the whole way. How do you scale this so that you can help as many people as possible? Sure. It's a great question. I mean, and I'm going through it right now. I mean, I'm doing a lot more of uh, group work than I used to do. And uh, with that is uh, the ability to, to help more women at the same time uh, and have not just my support, when I help someone, but have their own support between each other, which is really, I mean, which is really useful. So my next step from, I mean, from helping groups of small groups of women is helping larger groups of women. And from that, I really, I mean, I have other goals. I mean, I, for example, one of the things I really want is a TV show. And I know that's something that's, uh, 
at some point will take place, you know? Uh, and so that's another way of reaching more people. I mean, with just with, just with less time. I mean, YouTube has been so far a tremendous uh, tool for me. I'm not sure how much of that you're using right now, but I mean, it's, a, it's just, on, it takes a life on its own. Like last year I started with a hundred thousand views and one year it grew to 1 million views. And I, I'm pretty sure that by the end of this year, it may be 4 million views, you know? So it's once it reaches a certain place, it starts going exponential. And then uh, I have a few other programs that I'll be launching, which don't require my participation. They're simply online programs that you can do on your own time, home study courses type of thing, but still very interactive and very um, hands-on versus, I mean, I, I hate the learning that's just like sitting down and listening. I want to make sure that every time I teach something, there's action that comes from it. So that's kind of like the approach I take, even if I were to do something that's just uh, strictly online without my presence. Sounds like you're a man of habits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what would you say is one financial habit that you have that necessarily helps you get your finances uh, in good shape? Um, one habit I'd say it's having a very clear mind about what the ROI of things is before I actually invest or spend money on something. There's things that emotionally feel like hey, I should make this investment right now, or I should make this, I should spend money on this. But if I really analyze it and the ROI is not there, then it's taking the emotion down and, and being willing to say, you know what, right now I may have to do this a little longer on my own until I can hire this specific help. But uh, yeah, I mean, like being willing to take a step back, even when the emotional thing feels like to take action on something. Mm. Which I would say it's the hardest thing for you to do because you work in a field where it's all about (laughs) tapping into your emotion and, and, and trusting your instincts. And uh, so if you can do it, I guess there's hope for all of us. (laughs) Well, I'm not saying it's easy, but I mean, but if (laughs) if I don't do it, then the business uh, doesn't grow. (laughs) Right, right. True that. Okay, Bern, you've been a fantastic guest. And before we wrap, I have a few so money fill in the blank sentences. Sure. Um, this is supposed to be fun. So, um, you know, don't, don't overthink these. It's just, I'm going to throw out a sentence and you will finish it. First thing that comes to mind. Okay, cool. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say a hundred million dollars, the first thing I would do is. First thing I do, I probably pay, uh, the debt of my family members right now. (laughs) All Um, that they have. (laughs) Are they coming to you? Uh, they're not coming to me, but I but uh, but I know that there's debt there. So I mean, I, I don't I want them to leave with more freedom, you know. Yeah, sure, sure. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better or both. Uh, I'd say programs. I mean, like, uh, and by programs, I mean like working with people, uh, investing in coaching, investing in personal development, mm-hmm. uh, in, strat- in strategy. I mean, that's been the best. I mean, by far the best investment or the best use of my money so far. Have you gone to unleash the power within Tony yeah, Robbins? I, mean, I, I worked with Tony Robbins for like five years. I mean, I, I was staff member, volunteer. That's what I, when I got started. So, I mean, I went to all his seminars. I was invited to Hawaii to, wow. to I mean, pretty much all over the world to, to, to see how this guy did it. That's where, where I got my start. <laughs> I actually got invited to unleash the power within and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking of going. Oh, you should go. You walk on fire. Well, <laughs> that's what everybody says. You're going to walk on fire. I'm like, I don't actually know if I want to walk on fire, but that does sound exhilarating. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Tony, okay. it's a great guy. Well, you just had him as a guest. So I did. Good. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm looking forward to just going to see him. But um, everyone who has gone or has been to a Tony Robbins workshop or seminar, I mean, 
they just all say that it was life changing. Yeah, you if you go to that one, you probably end up going to Date with Destiny, which is his best program so far. So I mean, it's it's a great program, but all of them are okay. My biggest guilty pleasure, Burn, that I spend a lot of money on is <laughs> restaurants. Oh yeah, yeah. What's your favorite type of restaurant? Uh, Japanese sushi. I love sushi. One thing that I wish I had known about money growing up is. Uh, one thing, well, the sooner that you add value and that you make it about someone else versus yourself, the sooner you start making money. That's so true. I, I talk to a lot of, you know, like you, I talk to a lot of successful entrepreneurs on the show and it is, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. Many of them share with me that living a life of gratitude and just being a go-giver as opposed to a go-getter, uh, will, will return, uh, will be a return on your investment in dividend. It will pay back in dividends. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't come from that person, but it comes from someone else that you would have never expected. So it works out. Right. Always works out. You just never know when you put the good feelings out there, you put the good work out there, yeah. you know, you might have it, you might have it in your head that you're going to have a certain accomplishment with that. And, but there's so many other things that could happen that are tangential that, yeah. I mean, that's, I've found that even with this podcast, that just being out there in the world every day and connecting on this level uh, is so rewarding in more ways than I'd ever imagined. And it's a challenge too, right? Because oh, yes. for, for you to do this every single day, I know because I've done when I recorded videos every single day, I know it's a huge commitment. So, I mean, I'm excited that you're doing this and it's, it's a free show. Anyone can watch it. So it's great that you're doing this. Thank you. Yeah, I'm having a blast. Almost done here. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because? Uh, Anything related to children. Oh. Do you have a specific charity? Uh, Yeah. There's an um, Austin Children's Shelter. Mm Mm-hmm. And finally, Burn, a little chance for you to brag. I'm so money because? Uh, I'm so money because I I think that I enjoy money, basically. I think that money is just – there's – there's a great, um, it's just a weight. It's just an extension of who you are. I mean, if you're a happy person, you'll be a happy, generous person with money. If you're an, if you're a clown, you'll be a clown with money. So I think that it's just part of who we are. It's as spiritual as praying, I think. Wow. Well said. Tell us, Burn, where we can find you, obviously at yourgreatlifetv.com. But what else uh, do you have on the horizon in the new year? In the new year, uh, right now, well, I'm, I'm, I just launched a program, a group program called the Embody, Lo- Embody Love Project. That's another website, embodyloveproject.com. Uh, but uh, I, I'm really excited to create more videos. This, I mean, this year, uh, I'm, I'm excited to to grow the business into the into the group coaching. I think that's my next mm-hmm. thing this year. Yeah. Scale it. More people need your help. Thank you. <laughs> Bernardo Mendez, thank you so much for joining me on So Money. Wishing you all the best and continued success. Thank you so much, Bernardo. It's been such a pleasure connecting with you today. That is a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Bern, please check out his website, yourgreatlifetv.com. He's also on Twitter at yourgreatlifetv. We've got all this info at somoneypodcast.com. There you can also find the transcript and comments from this episode and all previous ones. And as always, please keep your questions coming about work, money, life. Head over to somoneypodcast.com. Click on Ask Farnoosh. 
send in your question and there's a very good chance that I will answer it this weekend or the following weekend. And I love your reviews on iTunes. It's probably my one of my favorite parts of the day is to read that someone's got a new review. I so appreciate it. I know it takes time. It means the world to me. And as a thank you, every week, as you know, I select one new reviewer to receive a free 15-minute money session with me. I announce this person on the Saturday episode of So Money. So if you'd like to be entered into that drawing, just leave a review and let me know. Email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. And uh, I will hopefully pick your name. I will hopefully pick you out of the out of the number of people who leave reviews. And so thank you so much in advance. And thanks for spending time with me today. I know that you have a lot of different things that you could be doing, but you chose to spend time with me. See you right back here tomorrow. Hope your day is so money.